Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online at DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999, under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. J.T. Smith, editor-in-chief for the front office news. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 15-7 and after beating Texas Tech 75-72. to J.T., we always start off with you. Thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, gritty win. It was good to see them. It was a you know tight game, pretty much the whole game. I thought their intensity was good the whole game, but to go on the road and beat a, at the time the number fifteen team in the nation at their place, I think that was the first time they they had lost in over a year at home. I thought that was huge. And the Bearcats after you know letting the game slip away on the road against West Virginia, and it's no disrespect to West Virginia, they're probably one of the worst teams in the conference, and it's not many worst teams per se and they're still not a you know a dead duck but at the same time you're up 10 points lose that you know back against the wall and you come out there and play like they did um i feel like cmos played amazing especially in the second half uh john newman man warrior glue guy he's starting to just move himself up in like bearcat lore just for how he's playing um, he's just one of those guys that just fits the Bearcat brand. And he, I mean, he, he's the poster child of it. And, you know, that being a game time decision and being able to go how he did, that was huge. Dan keeps getting better and better. I mean, he does stuff sometimes you're like, oh my God, but he still does a lot of plays that you're like, man, he's, he's growing up. I mean, averaging double digits the last few games in Big 12 play is just huge. But I thought like Aziz, man, Aziz was, was very solid, man. Very solid. I know I'm talking about the team, like everybody. Day Day was very solid. Jizzle. I mean, it was just a team effort. And a lot, you know, we still got questions like who's going to still be that go to guy occasionally, but it's people stepping up. Like the positive, they have a lot of people that can do it. And against Texas Tech, they did it, man. I mean, CMOS answered the bell um, huge at the end. And it was one of those things you had to have it. You couldn't be three and six in this conference. And now you're five, four and five and you, you beat a top tier team. And there's a lot of top tier teams in this conference, but it was just huge. Hey, JT, pause. question for you regarding uh, – <laughs> pause. <laughs> uh, quick question regarding John Newman. And you, you mentioned something about him in terms of, like, you know, his Bearcat. Uh, when he finishes as a Bearcat, like, where does he fall in terms of, like, former players – you know, you look at a guy like a uh, Gary Clark. Uh, Gary Clark leaves, you know, the University of Cincinnati, and he's looked upon as one of those greats. I mean, he put a lot of, you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears on that basketball court. And I'm not saying John Newman is the same as Gary Clark because he just had not he's not had enough time on the court like a Gary Clark yeah. has. But my question for you is if the Bearcats make the tournament, end up making a run. John Newman obviously will be a huge part of that. Where does John Newman kind of fit in that whole, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day because he's so damn solid, man. And I, yep. I don't know if 
the Gary Clark level, but w- where do you think he falls? Not Gary Clark level, but I would say I'm going to do it in tiers because you got Huggins guys, you got Cronin guys. Brandon didn't have that situation where, so we're not going to bring that up, no disrespect. But now we're starting to have Miller guys. And I think you think of David DeJulius as one of, like, the number one guy. I feel like David DeJulius is essentially uh, Deontay Vaughn of Miller's heir. Yeah, good good, right? good call. Right? Yeah. So now he's kind of like – he's not Gary Clark. Maybe he, start, he gets into that Rashad Bishop type, uh, Jaquan Parker type. Okay. Feel. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the glue yeah. guy, the dude that can he'll guard whoever. If you play him short, he's gonna get you double digits. Not going to do anything stupid. He might mess around and hit a big time shot on you. He's dunking on you. Like he's doing like and he'll guard, like he's slowing down top tier players in the Big 12. Like Pop Isaac was the first one, I think, that scored 20 over him, I feel like. And it and that was a lot of from the foul line. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was getting in the field is what Pop Isaac was selling. Yeah, and Pop Isaac's giving cats buckets, and that wasn't a pretty 20. So, like, he's making cats that normally average high double digits. They're, like, scraping to get points against him. And, and y'all seen that list of, like, the top defenders, like top 15 guys or whatever, with John Newman not being on that list is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No like, question. pure bullshit. That means you don't watch basketball. Like, if he's not on your top defender – even if he's the last defender, he should be on. There's no way you could tell me it's 15 guys that guard the ball better than John Newman. No, no in college basketball. It's no way. No question. And, and, and listen, JT, I, I put, you know, guys like Gary Clark. You got to put Trey Scott up there. Yeah. I think yeah. And a John Newman are three guys you look at as like, man, those are Bearcat dudes. Like. If I'm a Wes Miller or whoever's the coach in the future, like that should always be a blueprint for recruiting, right? Let me yeah. find a Gary Clark. Let me find a Trey Scott. Let me find a John Newman. And and those guys are gettable. They're not impossible guys to recruit and get. Yeah, for sure. And it's like that glue guy because you can get all the superstars, but you need a guy that's like, I'm unselfish. I'm just gonna do whatever like he's a guy like he's just gonna do whatever and you can see it man like, yep. like he, he looks at it like he's a defensive back like you said neil knows he says like you know sometimes i'm gonna get cooked but i don't i gotta forget about that he's next play dude and that's how he plays and if you don't you can't support a young man like that or just don't understand how important he is and you just don't either know basketball or you just don't care to watch it and really break it down absolutely neil how you feeling bro <laughs> feeling feeling a lot better than what I was earlier this week. I was telling JT and uh, Alex that I've been out of commission for the last like four to five days. Been pretty sick, so back in action. So, hey, hey Neil, you're not the only one. There were there are kids. I'm going to high school basketball games, and I've never seen anything like this in all my years of watching high school basketball for for AU going out recruiting kids. Every game I've been to, I think for the last three weeks, there are like starters. They're like kids that play important minutes that aren't even at the game. They're homesick. It's it's crazy. I mean, Vic obviously was going through that. So 
Uh, it's not just you, man. It's, it's, it's everybody sick. So we're glad you're feeling better. So let's get your thoughts on the Texas Tech game. Yeah, I thought that was a game where it came down to the nitty gritty into the very end. And they knew that was going to be the environment that they were going to have to go into. I was telling Russ on our Bearcats Blitz show that everyone was chalking this as a game Texas Tech was going to win. But I actually gave a 78 to 74 prediction on our Bearcats Blitz show. So I was pretty close. So got to throw that out there. I was pretty close on the score prediction. But that was a game where, I mean, CMOS Lukosius down the stretch was just fantastic. When they needed a basket the most, I mean, three for three to end the game, including three crucial baskets. John Newman, as JT mentioned, an absolute warrior. I mean, coming into that game, a game-time decision, and then going out there and just absolutely clamping Pop Isaacs to 5 of 20 from shooting, and where he visibly was the most frustrated that anybody has seen him all season. I mean, guys, they took him out of the game for four minutes at one point. This was a guy playing 34 minutes a game. They took him out of four minutes of this game for him to calm down. John Newman has visibly made that dude's life just absolutely hectic in that 40-minute time span. And that was the difference maker there. I mean, anytime you can hold a guy to – I mean, he still had 22, but anytime where nine of those are coming from the line and five of 20 from the field, that's a good night for a defender. As JT mentioned, I got to touch on the topic of that list that came out of John Newman. There is not 15 better defenders in all of college basketball than John Newman. I'll continue to stand on that. I know we all talked about it. And then Aziz Bandego, I thought was the difference maker in this one. 10 points, 10 rebounds. That was just the sight they needed to him because Victor Locken has continued to still find his groove after the illness coming back. And for them to be there right there in that game, it started with Aziz Bandego and the offensive rebounding. And that was something that they needed was a big night from him. I think that's now his fifth double-double of the season. But let's talk about this, guys. 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Yay! First time they've gone perfect since 2005. I love good times. About time. First time since 2005 they have gone perfect from the free throw line. And let's be honest, free throws were the difference maker here. I was kind of worried coming down to the end because CMOS gets that bucket and then there's still plenty of time left, but Texas Tech just collapsed. I don't, I don't know what happened. They all out just sent everyone to the basket and didn't have somebody back, and John Newman sealed the deal. But overall, that's a big win. I mean, Texas Tech was 13-0 and at home, and Bearcats steal one. And for people who don't remember, Texas Tech was 45-0 and in the last three years at – home when they were leading at halftime 45 and 0 so look at that now that's a now 45 and 1 that's another big win for West Miller and the Bearcats and that's a win that they can build off of because now you're heading into the bye week on a win bounce back after the West Virginia loss that win right there is something that you can build on heading into Houston and Iowa State hey, hey Neil let me ask you a question you mentioned CMOS obviously Bearcat fans, we all know about the struggle CMOS has had, you know, in games, especially shooting on the road. It was great to see CMOS kind of get out of that slump or, you know, mental kind of block. Do you think that was the game that's going to turn the page for CMOS and we see the number 41 that I think Bearcat fans heard about and they want to see? Because we've seen glimpses of it, 
but we've not seen consistent, consistent play from him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the performance that might flip the page and people are going to see the Simasu Koshis at the Simasu Koshis before the injuries and what people saw last year at Butler. I think that's the kind of performance he needed. And it's only going to be a great sight for the Bearcats and Meech. I know, I know you're happy to see that number 41 back on the court doing big things. Yay, yay. <laughs> man, I love I love to see. You know what? I've, I've said this before, man. He is a fantastic young man. You know, if you if you take time and sit and talk with him, man, he's mm-hmm. just a pleasant. He's just a pleasant human being to, to be around. And he is so mature. A lot of these a lot of these young men that come from overseas. You know, you look at Vic, you look at CMOS, Aziz and others. They are so mature. I don't know if they're. I don't know if force is the right word, but forced to grow up faster. You know, obviously in basketball, a lot of them are forced to grow up faster because they're playing at a professional level over in different countries. You know, like here, kids are playing high school at 16 and 17. I mean, shit, Luca, Luca's one of the best players in the NBA. He was playing pro in his country at 16 and 17. So, you know, they're very, very mature. And I, I'm just glad to see CMOS dealt with the injuries. Then it becomes a mental block, I think, for him. But it's good to see him get over the hump. I, I hope this is the turning point, you know, for him. So, hey, let me throw a couple things at you guys that I saw with the game. Now, going into this game, fellas, I was, I, I was, I was nervous about this game. And by the way, it seems JT. It seems like that game was forever ago. Like I had to go back and look at the box score. Like it, we haven't done a podcast in forever. Yeah. Like, I had to remember, like, what what did we what did we do? I had to go back and, and look through it. I don't know about you guys, but I was um, I was worried before the game, and I was worried during the game <laughs> because I did not want this to be another game where these these young men play their heart out and lose at the end. Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? We just couldn't have another one of those, JT. It would have been tough, man. Just think about it. You got the Texas game they could have very well won. Uh, let's see. What was the other game that they lost by? Like Baylor. another one. Baylor. Baylor and te- Texas. So, like, those two games for sure they could have easily won. And then, you know, this game was a grinder. And if you would have lost that one, after, especially after blowing the West, West Virginia game, you can't candy coat that. Like, that was blew that game. And you're like, man, you can't you – can't, in this conference, you can't miss the gimmies. You know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. dunk, you got to dunk that dunk it. And they had a dunk, and they tried to do a reverse, and it bounced out the rim. But against Texas Tech, it was one of those ones where you're like, man, it's a toss up game. They got to play play their backsides off. Plus, you're on the road, and they did it, man. They answered the bell. So like, but it was one of those ones where it could have got danger zone. You got two in a row, and then you get Houston coming. Come, so imagine they lost against Texas Tech after blowing. West Virginia, and you got Houston coming up. Like, oh. that don't even sound right, do it? No. That sounds like two could turn into three, possibly. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then that's when Danger Zone gets hit. Because now, I mean, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but, you know, before the game, they were the first four out. After the game, they are the last four in currently right now. So, like, you know, that bubble looking real solid. I mean, looking respectable, which we, we haven't had a lot of bubble talk lately. And that's good. So, you know, 
if they would have lost that game, though, man, it would have been crazy. But I'm glad that we don't have to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that that's the beauty of the Big 12. And you want to be in the Big 12 because, yeah, you lose a couple games, but then, boom, you turn around and win a game like that, you're right back into it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, Just it gets imagine, right. imagine if things come together, and we'll talk about this here shortly, but imagine if things come together on Saturday versus Houston and they win that one. Um, to quote JT Smith, we're cooking with grease now. Yeah. Low B. Low B Now, I want to say this real quick, and then we'll we'll segue into talking about Houston, which uh, Bearcat fans I know are excited about this game. But so as we, as Bearcat fans, have been critical, at the same time now we have to give praise in that 10 for 10 from the free throw line. They need to be praised for that. I think yeah. Aziz was Aziz a perfect. Was he four for four? Aziz, Aziz yes. and Victor were six for six. Man, so and those Aziz free throws were line drives. Boy, I tell you what, man, man that man, was like uh, it was like he was throwing it from second base. <laughs> <laughs> man, was, it, it, you know, when he shoots a free throw, we need a um, like the cartoon sound effects, like yeah. Like the, that hey. argument, like, ooh, at least he made it. I ain't mad. Just as long as they go in, he made him. And you got to give Wes Miller credit, man. I mean, I think Wes Wes Miller did some things during the game, even small nuances that maybe yeah. people don't see. You know, like, um, and I hate to say it, Vic, Vic's my guy, and I love him, but yeah, he, he sat Vic down. Yeah, that, and he what he did when he noticed, because like, because man, I'm telling you, I've been there where you get sick during the season and it's a bad sick and you're not right for a little bit. Like I just don't think Vic's right yet. Now, I do. I know, no, but I've like I've been in that situation where I got sick. I went from being a borderline starter, start sometimes to being a six man, seven man to got sick that I was out the rotation. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just hard to get your legs back. You get sick at the wrong time. But um, been there at a low level, of course, but um. But, um, yeah, man, he, I feel like Jamil's playing very well. Like, the last two games, I feel like it's been very good. Um, as Neil Neil knows, he can attest to this, that, you know, even Wes Miller said it. And I was like, man, I was going to ask that question about Jamil. And he answered it before I even, like, ans- asked that. And it wasn't – the question that he – that was asked wasn't directly about Jamil and his performance either, I don't think. Um, or it was kind of – it wasn't the way I was going to ask it, but – no matter what, it was the answer that I wanted in my head. So it was crazy. I was like, I thought the same thing. But Jamel has been playing real well. He's been rebounding a lot well because I know that's been the thing that people have been kind of, oh, he's not rebounding well for his size, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like he's rebounding well. He's even blocking a few shots. He's been a monster on the post, which we knew that was going was a part of his game. But I just think, as we know, he came in late. He's starting to catch his flow late. And, like, that's the thing that, remember, I talked about earlier in the pod during the year. I'm like, the thing that sucks is he's not going to get those games to kind of work through it. And I was like, I bet you they'll get him. They'll let him be eligible in December. They did right before the conference play. So he only got a couple games. And now you're playing real live gangsters. And it takes a little bit of time to, to get your flow. But, um, but yeah, at the end, he went with Jamil when he took out his ease. And that was a real good adjustment because Jamil was the hot hand. He was the one that was playing solid. And it just, I think it allowed them to get that win. I think if you went back to Vic, not to this Vic, I just don't think his feet are under him right now because of what he went, what he's going through. And hopefully, I think with them being off a whole week, I think we'll get a better Vic on 
on Saturday. But I think that, you know, when you get sick, man, you got to play some legit teams right after. It's not like you're playing Stetson, no disrespect to them. It, sometimes you're not you're going to be a step behind and you can kind of see it. Yeah, you said something great. That week off that they've had, I think, is going to be great for their physical and great for their mental. Yeah. The Bearcats take on number five Houston on Saturday at 4 p.m. in the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, all right, here you go. Who should we look out for? From the Bearcats, who are you going to jinx? <laughs> so, I think, I don't know, like, the jinx is semi-broken because day they had a good game. He just got in foul trouble. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, it wasn't like it was just terrible. Terrible, you know what I'm saying? Like Dan played decent the other game, huh? You're starting to get better. You're like Seamus. Because like Dan, yep, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Seamus, JT, Lacocious <laughs> right now. But, uh <laughs> <laughs> but like because Dan didn't play terrible against West Virginia, he just ended bad. You know what I'm saying? So it started off okay. And then day day he just had two fouls early. He was playing good, but I was like, he didn't play like where he didn't score nothing and was just turning the ball over. So that was positive. So um all right, we're going against Houston. The man to watch is Aziz Bandego. And the reason why I say that, because I don't think Houston – Houston isn't that big, if I'm not mistaken, pause. Like, they're not like the normal tree. That's it. No yeah, tree. like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, so they're not big like the normal tree guys. Normally they have like – well, last year they weren't huge per se. Pause that again. But they don't they, – they're, they're not their normal Houston, but they're still tough. But I feel like Aziz can control the glass. He can affect some shots. And then if they don't force the pick and roll pass, I feel like he's going to be able to get a lot of like put back dunks and control the game. Cause he did that, that his height, man, he jumped so fast. And I feel like his timing's getting better because he's affecting a lot more shots like the last three or four games. So I think if Houston feels froggy and goes to the hole, I think he's going to block a lot of shots or he's going to affect a lot of shots. So I, I think Aziz is real important against this team because of Houston's lack of height. They're not like the – they don't have – what was the dude number 25, Charlton, that they had from like UConn a few years ago. They don't have that. So I think Aziz will be able to take advantage, and if he does, that will be very huge for the Bearcats. JT, help me out with this. And we watched the game uh, versus West Virginia at uh, Mio's, and, and the three of us, we, we all just were shaking our head at times uh, explain those how how do the Bearcats sometimes struggle throwing lobs to Aziz like isn't it mind-boggling sometimes like you looking like what what was that yeah I don't know I think they get it's like they get too excited or something like it's like oh I want to do it because because <laughs> the thing is like sometimes it's not there <laughs> yeah. it's like it's not there like I understand like like against Texas Tech, I feel like they did it a couple times too. It's like, dog, just shoot the floater because he's going to get the rebound. Exactly. Because they're all looking at that pass. Like they were like jumping the pass like it, were, like it was a slant route. Do you, do you think it was just drilled in their head so much or it, it's just the fact that you can throw a lob to Aziz maybe in practice and it's, yeah, easy, and it's, just, it's like I got to force it there? Yeah, the thing is like 
Aziz is such a quick jumper. They probably seen it's like a toy. Like it's a like Aziz is a shiny new toy. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. See it, you you like, man, I just want to use a toy. Besides being like, all right, I can use the OG play. Like, you know, you can hit a little mid-range jumper. You know, you can make the little, maybe the little floating layup or you know what I'm saying? Like, but you like the new toy is there. Yep. Use him as an advantage, especially if you gotta use the defense's aggressiveness against them. And then you're playing into their hands sometimes because you're throwing it when they are already on it. Like, so it's like it's it it was like, man, it was head scratching. It was like they just wanted to do it so bad. And it was like, dog, just just chill. Just chill. I promise, I promise in the mirror rank that little 10 footer is is gonna give you a better chance than trying to throw it over two people when they all are putting their bodies on his ease right now. Like it's just it was mind boggling. Yep. Well, hopefully uh, they figured that out versus Houston. Hopefully your player to watch, Aziz, is correct, and he has a big impact on the game. So, Neil, um, before we jump in who we need to watch for uh, from uh, with Houston, uh, Neil, do you have any updates on uh, Bearcats' health? I mean, because every game is something different. So are we healthy? Guys still out? What are we looking at? Yeah, so Wes Miller actually gave an update on C.J. Frederick on his weekly radio show earlier tonight, which stated that CJ Frederick has actually gone through a whole practice that was today, including the live play. And he said, it's possible that CJ Frederick will be available versus Houston. And he said, I quote unquote, I thought today is a good day for the Bearcats, which meaning, which is something that is, very exciting for Bearcats fans, especially heading into a high-powered Houston team. Ooh, like get some shooting back, baby. And, and, and here's the thing. It's sorry to interrupt you, Neil, but, like, just his presence opens like, the floor tremendously. It opens the floor, Neil, no, no doubt. You have to close out on yep. him. You know what I mean? It just changes the dynamic. Sorry, Neil, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, so that's the update right there in itself is – CJ Frederick is potentially nearing or very close to a return, whether that's Houston or if they decide to hold him out versus Iowa State. I guess we'll know more on Saturday after that update tonight, but things are trending in the right direction, and the Bearcats are taking the full off week to get get healthy back towards the back end of this final stretch of conference play. Any updates on uh, John Newman or Vic? I know they played, but are, are they healthier? Have we heard anything about that? Uh, there was no updates on the radio show about John or Vic. I know that John still was battling the rib injury. I mean, which is never easy, an injury, an easy injury because it's soft tissue. But, and especially after how he played on Saturday versus Texas Tech. I mean, with a whole week, off week to prepare for that is something that's great in that aspect. But there was no updates on either of those two. Hey, no news is good news. Yep. All right. So let's jump into Houston, Neil. Give us a rundown. Yeah, so Houston is 20-3 and three on the season. They're coming off a big win over Oklahoma State. And a game where, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but Kelvin Sampson went absolutely berserk and got ejected. So that was a pretty fun fight, a pretty fun sight to see. So Kelvin Sampson gets ejected on Tuesday. I don't know if there's going to be any reprimands from the league just because he went completely to the other side of the court. Got in the official's face. Did you guys see that by chance or no? Oh, I missed that. So yeah, basically, I, I, I didn't see what he did. I heard got got back, and it, it was a clear foul on the Oklahoma State guy, but they didn't call it. They just let him play. 
Kelvin Kelvin was up twenty and just was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm done for the night. I'm going to take this tee." <laughs> and he ended up getting double teed because he came all the way off the bench. Meach, I kid you not, he came out mid court, went straight down to the opposite end, got in the official's face, let him have it. They teed him up, kept going. Then they had to escort him out after he teed him up. So it was Good pretty. Good for was, him. He got his money's worth, to say the least. So, not sure what they'll have there, but Oklahoma State's riding a big win, or Houston's riding a big win over Oklahoma State. And as you guys talk about Bearcats that are poised to have a big game, this is a Houston team that's dominated by their guards. And this is where I think Day-Day Thomas is going to have a big game on the Bearcats end before we get into Houston. That's because Jamal Sheed, is playing like one of the best point guards in the Big 12, averaging 12 points on 47% from the field. But he has single-handedly put himself in position to be a first-team All-Big 12 selection at that point guard position throughout this season. I mean, he's he came back. The reason he came back was to improve his defense. And I thought he's done that. He's definitely making a case for Houston there and then, they, alongside Jamal Sheed, they have the transfer from Baylor and LJ Cryer, who's averaging nearly 16 points a game on 40% field goal shooting and a 40% three-point shooter as well. So their backcourt is really well. And I think right now this is where Day-Day Thomas could have a great opportunity to showcase his talents at this Big 12 level. And especially as Wes Miller has said, he has been able to step in and improve his game as an elite defender. I think this right here, I mean, you have the top two guard, one of the top guards in all of college basketball and Jamal Sheed right there in front of you. I think this is an opportunity for Day-Day Thomas to really showcase his things, use his speed and his athleticism, his physicality to a different level, and really could really be the difference maker in this game. I know JT mentioned Aziz Bandego, but I think this is an opportunity for a guy like Day-Day Thomas to really showcase like, hey, I came from JUCO last year, but you might not know who I am, but you're going to know who I am today kind of thing. So they're dominated by their guard play. And then this last year, anyone remembers last year's matchup, Jawan Roberts absolutely bullied the Bearcats inside. They weren't able to really have Victor Locken because I believe the Houston game was the game where Victor Locken rolled his ankle last year. So I'm interested to see how that matchup goes down in the front court. As JT mentioned, Houston's not really big. They just have tremendous guard play and they're able to score on all levels, but they're not a team where they're not going to have a Jarace Walker from 2023, where they're just going to pound the ball inside and let them go to work. They're going to make you be, they're going to make just score from all three levels, basically. So I'm really interesting to see how Jawan Roberts versus Victor Locken goes. I mean, Jawan Roberts is averaging nine points a game and seven rebounds. So, I mean, he's a guy who's, leading the team in rebounding, but overall it's just going to be a good, a good hard fought battle at fifth third arena on Saturday. Cause people will also forget Wes Miller is yet to win versus Houston during his career. He is 0 for six versus Houston, Kelvin Sampson in Houston during his time at Cincinnati. So is Saturday going to be the, the day where that number gets broken? I hope so. All right. Question to y'all. Okay. Can if the, if the Bearcats win on Saturday, can the fan can the students storm the court? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. Neil, Neil, I'll, let, I'll let you go first, Neil, and I'll I'll follow behind. Because what's Houston ranked five? 
Yeah. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I thought I mean they got the TCU one under their belt, but this this Houston one might just be a little different because a lot of if you look at the bracketologies and whatnot, a lot of people are projecting this Houston team in a final four or an elite eight. But this could also be the win the Bearcats need to signify their record and their resume for the big Tw- or the NCAA tournament. And it's at home. Neon night. Can't forget neon night. I heard it's going to be a rocking environment. So Bearcats fans, if they do it, I would be all for a court storming. Are you with it? Okay, so one, I'm one, with, four. But I'm with the students doing it. I'm not with the 50-year-old guys and girls just running through the court. It's got to be the students. Beach. All right. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say this. So I'm, I'm not one of those, um, I'm not one of those old heads that think that, you know, it's reserved, like you should never storm the court. Like we don't do that here at fifth third arena. I know it's never happened until, uh, what was it? Was a TCU game? TCU, TCU, yeah. TCU game. So that was the first time ever. Um, you would think if it was any game, it would be this game that they would, would storm the court. Now, so do I do I am I think I'm gonna answer this two ways. Am, am I opposed to it? Like, you know, is what it is. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Do I think the students will do it? Absolutely. I think the energy is gonna be so crazy in there. Um, and I think it'll be one of those close games. The Bearcats pull it off, them students are running the court. They are rushing the court, man. Yeah. We, another question for you guys. <laughs> do we see if they beat them? Do we see a kid chug skyline at midcourt after the game in the in the rush? I I don't think so. I think it will already be gone by that point. Oh, it'll be gone by that point. Yeah, it'll be gone. If they chugging it, they chugging it during the game so they can get on camera. Yeah, for sure. He'll be they, in the he'll be in the bathroom by then too. Yeah, <laughs> he won't see the end. Of, whoever does it won't see the end of the game. <laughs> but uh, no matter if they win or lose, but uh, but <laughs> because, because imagine we still we still got to get them on a pod. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, for sure. Because if they chug it, if they chug on a court and spill, bro, they getting yeah. they getting speared <laughs> like Goldberg speared. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna turn, it's gonna get crazy. Like they're gonna Josh go Reed, for the wrong Josh reason. Reed's out there dancing again. He just looks down and someone dumps some skyline on him. I imagine somebody gets hurt because somebody spilled skyline on it on the court. That would be like twist the ankle. Come on, bro. Like, nah, you can't do it. You gotta do it during you gotta yeah. do it timeout or something. Yeah, that would that would be good. That would be yeah. good. Well, you know what time it is. The name game. <laughs> All right, it's the name game with Neil Meyer. Uh, for those that are new to the podcast, uh, Neil is very well versed in pronouncing a lot of foreign players' names on these rosters. And there have been some games where the UC Bearcats have played teams where they've had a lot of foreign players, some foreign players, some foreign coaches that have had names that are tough to pronounce. But somehow, Neil finds a way to always tackle these names. He's got stumped a couple times. Now, I will say, you got off easy earlier this season. In this game in particular with Houston, you're getting off easy. But I thought about this. I said, well, let me think of a team that's got a couple foreign kids that would stump Neil. So, Neil, 
you don't know this, so go ahead and uh, get your internet popping. You ready? Yep. Go to the Florida Gators basketball team roster. And by the way, uh, the the new coach for the Gators, he comes from San Francisco, and his model is because of the NIL and just you know how tough it is to recruit um, these days. He's been going after a lot of foreign players. He was doing that at San Francisco. He's doing that at Florida right now. So his whole roster. In the future, is this going to be? <laughs> it's going to be so many foreign guys on there. So let's start with this Florida Gators team. Are you ready, Neil? Yep. All right. Let's start with number three. Number three is Micah Hanlogton. Uh, <laughs> I love JT's. The best part Hand of this is I just look at JT's face when you say it. <laughs> JT. Micah Hanlogton. There we go. <laughs> Yo, that name is wild. I don't even know. Maybe the G is smiling or something. Say, say it again one more time, Neil. Micah Handelogton. Mm. All right. <laughs> Number 13 for the Florida Gators. Alex Simzigzik. That's, that's tough. That's, a, <laughs> that's an S, a Z, a Y, a C. What a is Z. that? That is. <laughs> His name's Alex. That's that's. No, <laughs> his last name is Wow. I I man I man I'm so glad I looked up the Gators team. Oh, it's crazy. One more try, Neil. Let's try it one more time. Alex Simziak. That's all it's going. We'll, we'll we'll just roll with that. And last but not least, number thirty. Number thirty is Caius Kublikas. <laughs> that was good, though. That was good. That was good, Kylos Kublikas. I, t- I tell you what, it's Dang, even other cats got some crazy names, though. There's some other, there's some other guys on that team, but I, I thought those were the those ones. Those were the rawest ones, ones, though. Yeah, those those were the tough. Now I'm telling you, man. Uh, Todd, Todd Golden, the head coach, told me that um, he said 75, almost 75 percent of his roster in the future will be foreign players. How, how crazy is that? Like, no, I mean, I shouldn't say it's crazy. It's just that's just his model, man. Yeah. His 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 recruiters, assistant coaches, are in other countries more than they are in the United States. <laughs> that's that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I need to get on staff just so I can go to like foreign countries, man. Yeah, Travel. yeah. They'll pay for it. They gonna front you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. that's smart. Neil, you did a good job, man. That was impromptu. Um, you were ready, man. Not not too bad. Not for Alex. Not for Alex. I wasn't ready for the Alex kids last name. That's that was tough. Good, that was tough. Well, was. Neil, you, I got I got to play your song. <laughs> the name now the Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, so um, I'm going to uh, pick for this game for the Bearcats, a player to watch. I'm going to pick John Newman, and I've picked him a couple times in the past. And I'm picking him for a couple reasons. One, I think he's pissed about getting the snub on, you know, one of the better defenders in the country, okay? He's going to take that personally. and I think he's going to go into that game to prove, like, yo, I, I, I'm, I am the best defender in the country. And I think this is a game – that's good for him and his style because you've heard 
uh, Coach Sampson say in the past that the model that he's put in place for Houston is based off of, you guys remember? Yep. Old yep. Bearcat teams. Yep, yep. So the better shooting. Huh? The better shooting. Yes, yes. And, also, and, and, did you guys, speaking of John Newman, did you guys see the uh, Sirius XM interview with him yesterday? Nope. I didn't. So John gave a was on Sirius XM yesterday uh, talking about the Bearcats season. He was talking about the season. And John said the best part about this season is we want to disappoint everybody in an away environment. So, like, basically saying he wants to go into the crazy environments and he wants to disappoint everyone who doubted them. All right. Now, so basically, he was the hostile environments and the crazy environments – that we've been in, it's super fun for me, but we want to go into each gym and disappoint everyone that goes against us. Now, so obviously this isn't an away game, but this is going to be a rowdy atmosphere at Fifth Third Arena. The Bearcat fans, probably, this is the game I think that, I was in I was in Macy's today. I had to stop in Macy's and get a, a dress shirt. And a guy was talking, he just stopped me and started talking about the game on Saturday. Like, I feel like everywhere I've been in town, people are talking about, this game, I think this has been the most hyped game all year, especially coming off of this victory. So um, big game. I think John Newman steps up, especially defensively. Um, also from a leadership stamp standpoint, and anytime you play, you know, a team like Houston that comes in and tries to be physical and strong, you need to combat that. And John's as strong as anybody in the country um, when it comes to that. So I'm going with John Newman. Um, and so I hope, my hope is John Newman and Aziz play really well. JT, your pick, and yeah. let's come out with a victory. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. They can be contacted at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. This is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, so they've only been out-rebounded one time, win that battle again, especially against a smaller team, and then against – Houston, they really have to turn over. They have to not turn the ball over because you let Houston get easy points with how they play defense. That is a super recipe for a disaster because you don't want them to get easy buckets which you're, when you're not set up. So if they do turn it over, they need to make sure those things are not live ball turnovers by any means. And I want to say – Shoot, they're gonna have to hit a couple threes. So I feel like, I mean, they're not a high volume shooting, high volume making three point team. But if CJ's coming back, you can get possible comeback. CJ can make one or two. That'd be great. CMOS can keep doing what he's doing. I feel like Dan's good for one or two. About five to seven threes. Not a lot, but I want them to shoot a lot. I want them to use their size um, as advantage get to the hole, even if it's the guards scoring, getting to the hole and making them collapse. And hopefully the, the big guys are there for the dunks. And if not, then other guys can make the layup. So we'll see what happens. But 
they got to hit a few th- a few threes, but they can't fall in love with three because I feel like that'll be the easier shot to get. They gotta make they gotta make Houston work and use that size to their advantage. JT, do you think uh, do you think the Bearcat crowd is gonna have a huge impact on Houston or the Bearcats? Yeah, I think so. But I think the my thing is what I'm looking for is they can't come out flat or take it or 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 not like they can't come out and let Houston get up fast on them. I just think the way Houston plays, they beat you up. That's not a good look for them. And even if they don't go out, get out, and they're not having a huge lead, they have to be able to score. And I think the crowd's going to be able to help them in, getting into that, and then that'll help them um, hopefully get the dub. But they can't come out like, you know, they're down 15-5 to five or 15-2. to two. That's not – against Houston, that's not a recipe for success. Agreed. Agreed. Now, now, Neil, I don't think the Bearcats necessarily are going to blow out um, Houston. We obviously we would love to see that, but even a comfortable win. What would the Bearcats need to do to win by like a, a ten point victory? They would have to win the rebounding margin by plus ten to twelve, which I mean I definitely think it's capable of, especially with the size and the height that they have in the front court. I mean, Jawan Roberts is the big key front court player for Houston. But you look down, the Bearcats have the clear height advantage here. So as JT mentioned, for them to win big, establish the ball inside early, especially if C.J. Frederick is able to play now. We've talked about it. He opens the floor up for so much, so much more on offense. So if you add C.J. Frederick back to the fold, the space will open up. The Bearcats' bigs will get going because when C.J. Frederick was going, you know who else was really going off there for the Bearcats in the front court? Victor Lockin. So this could be a bounce back game there as well. If CJ Frederick is able to go and the space gets opened back up, I would look for the Bearcats to dominate the ball inside early, but for them to win big, you win the rebounding margin by plus 10 to 12. You go at least 75% from the foul line and you keep your turnovers under 14. That's where you got to be. You can't have those live ball turnovers as JT mentioned. And you definitely, you definitely cannot come out flat. Because you come out flat versus Houston, good luck. I mean, we've seen that in the past. We've seen it in the AAC tournament the last three years. We've been eliminated by Houston in the AAC tournament the last three seasons. And we've seen it throughout the regular season. You just cannot come out to a slow start. If you come out to a slow start, it's going to be hard to gather your footing and claw back in this thing. So for them to win big, have to come out and play their game right away, establish the ball inside on the offensive end, win the battle of the glass, and knock your free throws down and limit the turnovers. Hey, hey, Neil, if we get Houston in uh, into foul trouble um, going to their bench, how do they look from a bench standpoint? If you can get their guards in foul trouble, you're in great shape because for many that don't know, uh, Terrence Arsenault was the sophomore. He was projected to have a big year. He had a big freshman season for them. I think he averaged like close to nine points a game last season. He ruptured his Achilles in December, so he's out for the year. But if you can get a guy like Jamal Sheed in in some foul trouble or LJ Cryer in some foul trouble, the only options there behind him are a guy is Emmanuel Sharp. Then outside of that, they're on guard number four. So if you can get those two starting guards into foul trouble, I think you're in great hands because outside of that, you take away Jamal Sheed and LJ Cryer, that's 40% of your scoring just about. So if you get them in foul trouble there, I mean, you're in great hands if you can do that because there's not much depth behind them. 
The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota. Okay, so um, just a couple things I want to add on to what you guys said. Uh, Houston's 20 and three. I believe they're three and three on the road, but they lost three games on the road. Um, so undefeated at home. So I, I, I totally, one thing that I had in my notes, JT, I think you hit it on the head, Neil, you, you kind of piggybacked it. We have to jump on this basketball team early. <clears throat> if we can get out to an early lead, get the crowd going, because listen, Houston's going to make a second half run. You know how it goes. But what, what can't happen is to let them get the lead early and then they have their second half run and then we're, we're, we're in big trouble. Uh, totally agree with crashing the boards. Uh, that That's going to be you know crucial. But one thing I want to focus in on for this game is points off of turnovers. I think if we can have a, a good amount of points off of turnovers, create some turnovers, I think that's going to be the one thing that could push us over, um, you know, that edge to, to win this basketball game. So I think several things need to happen. <clears throat> Get that, make sure that crowd's into it by jumping out to an early lead. I'd love to see one of those, uh, uh, JT, one of those fast break John Newman dunks. Mm. Um you know, early on, because that 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 gets us going. It seems like, I mean, he was doing that early in the season. I don't I don't know the last time uh, we saw one of those monster uh, John Newman dunks. Um, not not one versus UCF. UCF. UCF was where he caught that body. So yeah, we UCF. we need another one of those versus Houston. That'd be fire in the first half. And yeah, he's had one against them too. It was on the road, I think. You need to get one. Yeah, I thought he had one first. last year on the road versus The year no, before, two, two years ago, two years yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, if we we get one of those, we get an early lead, get the crowd into it, because Houston's going to make a run, man. They're they're good yeah. in the second half. They're good at making adjustments. Um, Samson's a hell of a coach. Um, yeah. They're going to be physical. Uh, you know, stay on those boards, and that's that's too. Your point, JT, and a guy like Aziz having an impact on this basketball game, you know, really rebound the basketball well. So, but we've got to get some good quality points off of turnovers. I I can't say that uh, that enough. You you, you're going to need that against a team like Houston. The Kenyan safety piece of the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new. Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. And there's only one hot topic right now, folks, and that is this Sunday is the Super Bowl. And one of the people on this podcast, his team is in the Super Bowl, which I think a lot of people predicted early in the season. I think that's fair to say they were the best team in the NFL, and um, they found a way to make it to the Super Bowl. So let's go through your predictions for Super Bowl Sunday. JT, obviously you're going with the 49ers, but how are the 49ers going to win this football game? Man, so the thing is they got to control the running game. Pacheco is good, but the Chiefs receivers aren't that good. Like, Rasheed Rice has been solid. And then you got, you know, of course, Travis Kelsey, but everybody else is pretty much like me out there. So at the end of the day, 
uh, I feel like, I mean, just don't allow them to run the ball down your, you know what I'm saying, down your face all game, control that, make it third and long. I mean, Mahomes is going to make a couple plays here and there, but, I mean, just think about it. Against against uh, the Ravens, they only scored 17 points. I mean, it was a good win. Defense is pretty good, but they're not holding the 49ers down. They not they don't score 20. We can hold, keep them under 20 points. I mean, it's, I feel like the 49ers going to score points. That's what they 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 going to do that no matter how good the Chiefs defense. They don't really stop the run that well. That's not a good recipe for success with McCaffrey. Um, I mean, they got good secondary, but we got good receivers, so I ain't really tripping on that. And then, I mean, if, if it's like that, then we just going to get – we got a lot of weapons, so I just feel like we'll be able to win as long as we don't do stupid stuff. So no dumb penalties, um, no stupid turnovers. If we're going to turn the ball over, we got to do it early because we don't want to give Mahomes a lead like that. So Wait, I think that – Thoughts on the uh, disrespect to uh, Purdy? Um, I-, I was listening to some of the Cam Newton uh, interviews. First of all, Cam Newton is saying his name incorrectly. I'm wondering. Yeah, he um, yeah. Is he doing that on purpose? I don't know. I feel like he is because, like, I mean, at this point, you have to know his name is Purdy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he you, you have to know. Like, I feel like he's doing that. I, I don't know. You think he's doing that on purpose or? I don't know. He could be. I mean, it's, get, it's getting a real publicity. But I mean, Brock's legit, man. I mean, he's legit. I mean, we don't win that game against the Lions if Brock Purdy doesn't play like, like a like a legit NFL quarterback. I mean, that's a blowout if Purdy comes out there and just plays decent. I mean, he balled out in the second half, and that's why they won the game. Defense stepped up, but Purdy made plays. So, I mean. I think he's going to make enough plays for him to beat beat the Chiefs, man. Because the Chiefs' offense isn't the normal offense. And teams got if you got to take advantage of the Chiefs right now with on a down year, and it's, if they don't take advantage of them against this year, they'll, they'll never have this week of uh, weapons for for Mahomes for the rest of his career. So they got to take advantage of it. So, well, one last question for you, JT. Yeah. If Jimmy G was the quarterback, do the 49ers win this game? <laughs> Why are you shaking no. your head? <laughs> no, we know that. We already seen that. We already seen that answer. <laughs> Jimmy G lost the game. I just saw the replay of the throw he missed any right, like literally like maybe a couple of days ago. So he just standing on a deep on a deep pass. So nah, man, you don't win the game with Jimmy G. That's why we don't we don't win the last two games with Jimmy G. We lose the first round if we had Jimmy G. That first round, we lost to the Green Bay. He don't make that. He not making that that drive that that happened. He would have did something stupid. He would have fumbled. He would have threw a slant pick, and it, he would have like just panicked. Like we would have lost against Green Bay, and then we definitely would have got beat by thirty against the Lions. Man, your disrespect for Jimmy G is crazy. nah. He's he's okay. Like I'm telling you, man, it's just something about. I'm I telling like you. I just like to hear you get get going. You know, is, he don't even start for the Raiders. I mean, come on, he can't start for the Raiders because he's been hurt. <laughs> yeah, emotions been hurt. You baby, he can't start for the Raiders, bro. The Raiders are looking for anybody. They they might let me throw a pass if I say I play quarterback. <laughs> and they won't let him start. Like, is he like you know what I'm saying? Like, we hit him for a long time. Like. 
So at the end of the day, Purdy's better than him. What do you call him? Purdy? 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 <laughs> what, do you, what do you call him? Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy? They don't no. call him Purdy. They call him Brock Purdy? Purdy? Something. I got to listen to it again. It was bad. He messed it up every time, too. But it's crazy. But, yeah, like, Jimmy G, no, we definitely, we definitely. Jimmy G G would be a legend if he just would have won against the Chiefs the first time. I hear you. I I tell you, I I saw a funny clip. When when Jimmy G, um, he was walking into, I I, I think it may have been with the Raiders. He was walking in the, uh, uh, he was walking in the stadium for, I don't know what it was for. And he had a suit on. It was like a press conference or something. And he was like walking down a, a kind of a runway type thing. And there's like media people and stuff. And one of the media guys like yelled for him and, and like Jimmy, this is funny. I don't know if you've seen this. Jimmy G like looked at him and like, there's like a, somebody's videotape and you can't see the guy that's saying this, but you can hear it. Jimmy G like the guy says, Hey, you know, Jimmy G or whatever, whatever we called him, Jimmy. And he looks at him, and the guy goes, damn, man, you're good looking. <laughs> Jimmy G was like, what? And he just kept walking. He's just like, oh, thank you. It was like a media dude. Like He like looked him in the eye, and I was like, damn, you're good looking. Like, that's wild. Wow. That, that is wild. Wow. You seen that clip? Oh, that, no, nah, that's crazy. It's, 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 it's pretty uh, – it's, it's yeah. like that Jamie Foxx skit when he said he first met Prince. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he could look Prince in the eyes. He's like, man, he's like a deer or a fawn or something. Oh, yeah, he said he could look him in the eye. That was funny. Yeah, he said he could look Prince in the eye. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, All right. All right, Neil. We're on to you. You're pre- now, you've been good on the predictions, Neil. I have been. I have yeah. been. So, uh, let, me, let me get out my uh, – let me, let me get out my thing so I can make my bets here based off of your prediction. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Fire away, bro. Basically, I want the 49ers to win, but betting against if it if I'm a gambling man, betting against Patrick Mahomes right now is just not re- like you cannot bet against him. You can't. Like, dude has won more games than Brady has, like betting odds. I feel like he's been the underdog just as many times as Brady has, and he's proved him wrong. But I realistically, as JT mentioned, I think the Niners actually do win this game, but that's because Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL and Kansas City's City's run defense has been awful this season and you're not going to stop Christian McCaffrey. Nobody has. I mean, what, JT, 22 touchdowns this season? Is that the number? It's crazy. It's like you're not going to stop that. I mean, I, I think, think he was offensive player of the year earlier tonight. Like, yeah, you ain't going to stop that. And let's be honest, Travis Kelsey is it. Rasheed Rice has done minimal things that a typical what was he third round guy from SMU. I mean, JT and I saw him for three years when we covered him. He didn't do nothing versus Cincinnati. Is three years. I don't even think dude got in the end zone versus Cincinnati at all during his college career. So, I mean, I don't think outside of Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, because I know for a fact Patrick Mahomes ain't throwing to Kadarius Tony. I know for a fact he's not. So, Kansas City. I hope you throw this on. It's it's literally just the hand the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco or F it. Travis Kelsey's down there somewhere. Let me just throw it up to him. It's just those games right there. I mean – I would like to see 
Brian Cook get another Super Bowl, and I'd like to see Travis get another ring, but this is a 49ers game. You can't – I know it's hard to say, like, betting against Patrick Mahomes right now. It's like people are like, you're stupid if you bet against Mahomes. But, like, Brock Purdy, A, he's got a sour taste in his mouth after what happened last year. Pause. Christian McCaffrey, pause. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in all of at the NFL. 49ers defense is going to make Mahomes' life absolutely tragic, I feel like. Like, their defense is just going to win. I think the defense for the 49ers is what's win this game. But it's going to be a close game. I think the spread's at two and a half. I think this is going to be a, hmm, I'll go score prediction here. I'm going to say 28 to 24 in favor of the Niners. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. All right. right. And the color of the Gatorade will be purple. Can't forget that. Oh, I'm going to write that down, too. Purple. Is it going to be purple? I said it's going to be purple. All right. Why you go purple? Why you go purple? Because every year that Andy Reid has been in it, I'm fairly certain, based off my memory, it's been purple. Mm. It was purple last year, and two years ago versus the Bengals, it was purple as well. All right. All right. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. <laughs> um, all right. So let me let me give you a quick uh, – my quick thoughts. Um so I I I like I like pe- I like disruptors. Okay, I like people that kind of you know disrupt uh, the way certain things are going, kind of shift. I I love the fact that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, and so many people are angry about that. Like I just love that she's disrupting this whole thing from a standpoint in that like football sports in general is entertainment. You know what I mean? Like you look at the Lakers. Right. And and people are saying, oh, the Lakers are going to trade LeBron. They're going to trade A.D. No, they're not right now. There, there may have been talks about they're not because everybody knows L.A. is about entertainment. It's who's sitting courtside and you have the most polarizing figure in all of basketball and all of shit, maybe all of sports in LeBron James on the court. They love that. And it's about entertainment. That's how you sell the tickets. So Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It, it adds to the entertainment. I could see Kansas City winning this game. I'm predicting Kansas City wins this game. We're going to get uh, more and more Taylor Swift throughout the game. At the end of the game, she's, what, flying on a jet from Tokyo, Japan. maybe? Yeah, Japan, I thought. That's going to be a big story. I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel like it's all leaning towards Kansas City from that standpoint, just the entertainment value. And, and, and just the disruption of it all. Um, although I do think for the 49ers are the better team. Um, I think they, sh- you know, that's a team they, 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 sh- they should beat Kansas City. But I'm rolling with KC. And I got to roll with my guy, Travis Kelsey, man. The Bearcat. Brian Cook. Brian Cook's still hurt, right? Um, yeah, he's on. He was yeah. season-ending ankle injury. Yep. So I'm rolling with KC. Sorry, JT. That sounds good. My bad. Wait, 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 wait. Can we get a? Didn't we have a little bet on this a few years ago? Are we going? Are we going to get that back here now? What you mean? What are you talking about? What bet? Did, a few years ago, when the Ram, when your Rams played the uh, the Bengals in the Super Bowl, you had that bet with JT about having to wear your jersey to a press conference. No, that wasn't the Bengals. That was the 49ers Rams. Forty Nineers Rams. Even better. Are we going? We gonna have another one here? Like. No, it's not really my team in it, but 
We can make a bet. We can make a bet. You want to make a bet, JT? I don't know, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to sit that on. Hey, if if Casey wins, JT's got a uh, he's got a the whole all the hair. He's got to go down to one blade. He's got to go down to a one. Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> Love my team, but nah, I'm cool on that. He said, "I'm not going with that." I'm nah, not, I can't go. You're not I gonna can't do, do it. Okay, all right. No, no, no bet this year, Neil. He's just not. He's not having it, Neil. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can't do that one. I can't even enter, even th- act like I'm entertaining that one. He said, <laughs> wearing, the, he said wearing Alex's jersey to the press conference was too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the little guy, he walked in with Alex's jersey on, and everyone looked at him and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that jersey's so, it's so big, too. Like, it's crazy how baggy things were back in the days like I'll, I'll i'll take the jersey somewhere for like when i when i speak to kids and i'll, I'll and i'll pull a jersey out and i'll like you know unfold it and they'll look at me like wait a how tall were you when you played I'm like, <laughs> i didn't shrink but we just wore really baggy stuff and they were like ah, that's weird. that was that was how it went back then that's how it went just like jt in the class yeah hey i can't find no picture save my life all i can find is like big big hats Pictures with hats. Oh yeah, I wore a lot of hats back then too. The oversized hats over the ears, man. That, yeah. was, a wild, that was a wild time right there. Yeah, I man. Blame, I blame that all on uh, the rapper Shine. Remember rapper Shine? Yeah. When he remember when he got in trouble for that um, with when him and Diddy were like in that uh, club yeah. or whatever, and Shine kind of took the fall and he had to go to court. And, like, yeah. Every every camera crew was like following him in, and he was wearing like. A New York or New York Yankees hat that was like four sizes too big. <laughs> Everybody was like, "What?" And then next thing you know, everybody's wearing hats too big. And yep, I was like, it's stuck. This is a bad look. It's stuck. Yeah, yeah, sure did. The Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment, and pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online, visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Don Who Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. And real quick before we get off here, um, we are going to be doing an interview very soon with Neil. You want to tell everybody? Yeah, so we will be doing an interview with John Newman coming up this upcoming week. You know, it's going to be part of the Bearcat tip-off talk interview series. This is something that we started this year. We had coach dollar on earlier in the season and our first player interview will be John Newman. The third. Here we go. And, and, and one thing, one thing I love about what we do is we always ask whether it's the coaches, the players, we have some things that are just different than what they get in a press conference with statistics and how they do on the court, find out more about them as people. And I think these players and these coaches like our interviews more because they get to talk about things other than something they're involved in like 24 seven with the court. So I, I, I do think they really like our interviews, JT Smith. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think so too. So I'm excited about this. So, you know, it's been tough last couple of weeks just to get it, getting everything together, but uh, 
Yeah, Sorry. time has been brutal the last few weeks. Man, have no control over my time. <laughs> hey, hey, schedule. Life's busy, man. Everybody's yep. everybody's busy, man. What was your what was your new so the a couple podcasts ago, JT, your name was when we did athletic director thing. You were JT Cunningham. This episode, you are JT Smith. Simosleukosis. Yeah, yeah. JT Smith. Wait a minute, how would I do it? JT Simosleukosis. No, okay, I'm trying. To yeah, see, yeah, you can't do it. It's tough. Can't do it. It's too. It's too much. Sima Smith. Hey, and on, and on Sunday he's gonna be JT Garoppolo, baby. Nope. <laughs> hey, he's listen, Purdy. I, I want to say something real quick. Um, one of the things that really impresses me about, about CMOS, I want to say, I've told CMOS this um, several times. His English is so good. Like, if you mm-hmm. if you didn't know he was what was from, like, Lithuania. Lithuania. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I was you wouldn't like, know. You wouldn't know. Am I right? No, the first time I heard him in a press conference, I was like, dog. Like, yeah, I would not have. Like if you and didn't know his name, I would definitely not too. think he was a foreign, he knows like foreign player. Seven different languages, Cmos does. That's crazy. Seven yeah. different languages. Fun fact about Cmos coaches. But you, but you know what happens in in some so some of those uh, people from different countries. I remember interviewing Mamadou, um, Dr, and we were talking about like how many languages he spoke, and he was like, "Well, you got to understand." He's like, "Where I'm from, if you go two or three hours north." south east west he goes they all speak different languages every direction you go he's like so you just kind of learn it and you have to know it in order to to talk to the people and i'm like yo that's fascinating because you think about america i mean jt how many languages do you speak one (laughs) (laughs) deal i speak one And, and and you go to foreign countries, you find people that speak two to three languages. You very rarely find someone that just speaks one. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I've been taking Spanish, man. I've been taking online Spanish, working on my I need, Spanish. I need to step my Spanish up, man. In my new branch, I help a lot of Spanish Spanish people, but then uh, speaking customers. But, you know, they, they all speak Spanish, so they help me translate. So. But it's uh-huh. crazy. I need to learn it. And it's 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 in Spanish is so big right now in America. So many Spanish speaking people. And I think yeah. people appreciate when you at least attempt to speak their language. They I think they have a, a respect for you that you're at least trying. You know what I mean? Like, like no, I, I appreciate that. And two, I, I was I was somewhere with a friend, and there was the 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 two ladies that were working there were uh, speaking Spanish. And I, I said to my buddy, I said, I, I, I think they're talking shit about me. I need to learn my <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Call me ugly or some shit. <laughs> I was like, well, I language, see what they're saying. But anyway, you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. <laughs> Thanks to all the Bearcat fans for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats.